a goofus and gallant for the 21st century. A round of toffee, barkeep. What kind of Mickey Mouse operation are you running here? I bet I've got more friends than you do. Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast that doesn't quite fit the profile of a revolutionary. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Amy Schneider. We're back! That's right. Although it's probably been more time for us recording than it has been for you, the cousins, listening. That's true. For uh... boy howdy, we recorded a whole bunch, (laughs) and then I edited for lo these many years. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And now we're back with a new batch. Once again, for somebody without a job. I'm so busy all the time (laughs) doing things. Yeah. It's bonkers. Yeah. I'm busy all the time for somebody with no friends. Yeah. I mean, you have like one and a a half friend. I do. It's not, it's really okay. I like that I said one and a half friend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, semantic humor. (laughs) You translate so well to an audio podcast. (laughs) Sure. However, this episode. That's right. The Crown. Mm -hmm. The Crown. (laughs) <laughs> the crown season two episode five marionettes <laughs> that, that is right this is my favorite episode so i actually far. i like note to peter morgan try that just at the beginning of every episode instead of the credit sequence just liz reading the uh episode number and title yeah and you could keep liz or you could keep claire foy i That's mean you right. know it would be silly since you presumably have olivia coleman under contract well right but still i mean it's like they kept you know they kept letting fucking jenny lee narrate right <laughs> look <laughs> even after she moved I away think, or died or whatever i think that's itv <laughs> that's a whole other thing amy yeah no that's true they think they're so hot just because they had downton abbey but you know what they're not <laughs> because they did the final three seasons of downton abbey or four i don't was know. it the final four that we hated but they did seven seasons they were so, yes was it seven really listen <laughs> we've been down in these mines for a real long time yeah <laughs> So oh, they, I did yeah, see so one of the cousins posting something about rewatching when Isis dies. And yes. I was like, man, remember when we cared about a fictional dog? Yeah, like, listen, if they get this movie going next year, oh, yeah. I plan to care again. I assume that Isis is going to be the A plot or whatever, you know, the new dog. I mean, that's the only person they can probably sign who <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have a bunch of scheduling conflicts. <laughs> Alamicia. <laughs> So anyway, this is my favorite episode, and I watched this. It's great. I'm pretty sure I watched this before I went to Ohio for the holidays. Uh So I have been sitting on my thoughts and feelings (laughs) for quite a while. Oh, yes. Anyway, I'm so excited that you finally watched it. Oh, yeah. So we can talk about it. That's right. It's very exciting. So Mm -hmm. let's get started. Yeah. We see a newspaper headline, Peer attacks the queen. No. How dare he? Yeah. What, with like a knife or something? Pierce should be seen and not attack the queen. <laughs> <laughs> a news vendor is hawking. Mm-hmm. You know, he's saying things like, Pierce attacks the queen. Queen attacked by Pierce. <laughs> right. Anyway, I, I, I can't think of that's, a third thing. That's, that's yeah. Um, attack happens. Victim queen. <laughs> attacker Pierce. <laughs> Jack the Ripper. Still at large. <laughs> Wrong time period. Yes. But we I don't mean, know. He is still at large. He is still at large. So. <laughs> Dead and at large. I would reread From Hell, except that I hated the artwork so much. I frequently look at it on the shelf and like, I should read that again. And then I just don't. Like, okay. So, Cousins, 
if you or someone you know wants to completely rejigger <laughs> the entirety of the artwork from Alan Moore's From Hell, or just uh, put it into prose, we'd be into that. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll uh, in in return we will like retweet you. Yeah, That's, yeah, that seems fair. right? I think it's very fair. Yeah, more than fair. <laughs> so, okay, this news vendor he is not as good at selling papes. As the newsies of newsies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's certainly He's not true. singing a song. <laughs> well, that was first mistake. He's not Christian Bale. Second mistake. He is not even that guy from Smash that we hated <laughs> who was also in newsies. <laughs> Jeremy Jordan? Is that his real name or his fake name? I can't... Like, who can even All tell? I ever remember is Kyle Goblinweed <laughs> and Ellis Stapleton. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so I've been rewatching Classic Will and Grace. Oh yeah. And there's a couple of episodes where like cousin Debbie, aka Deborah Messing, aka Grace yeah. for people who didn't read Rachel Schuchert's <laughs> Smash recaps as if they were a third book of the Bible. <laughs> Which you should correct that. Yeah, you really should. And then she wrote like an Amazon single about yeah. that whole experience. Yeah, anyway. Is, yeah. Anyway. This is not a Smash podcast, <laughs> but what? it could be. Oh my god. Don't even Yeah. Like, ah, boy, we were really good at uh, figuring out how to bring in new listeners by <laughs> <laughs> recapping shows that were canceled several years ago. Due to stunning lack of interest. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't ever decide if I'm on Teresa Rebecca's side or not. Ugh, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, on the one hand, she's from Cincinnati. Right. But on the other hand, she's from Cincinnati. <laughs> we are uh, people of like con artist persuasion <laughs> anyway okay you've, look. you've sold a few monorails in your time oh, absolutely yeah and most of them kind of worked <laughs> so anyway okay back to this episode yeah some old dude buys the whole lot of pa- like just yeah. all the papers like it's it's the same story dude like- yeah but you know be, you know they didn't have cable well yeah that's what true. were they gonna do yeah they just had to read look and like you don't read the same think piece from like seven different authors no you're right that's true plus he was probably going to use the paper later for crafting yeah or wrapping fish and chips in that's right or wrapping papers (laughs) wrapping papers wrapping gifts yeah what did you say rolling blunts ah (laughs) (laughs) i was just concerned that i'd repeated what you said (laughs) not a problem yeah old man walks away and then there is a cut to the same old dude who bought the papers, mm-hmm. not the old dude who was selling the papers. Yes. He's refusing his breakfast while reading, and he, like, apologizes to his wife. And I'm like, buddy, just eat the fucking breakfast. Yeah. She worked for hours on these kippers <laughs> and, you know, Tomatoes. Uh, toads in holes <laughs> and whatever else you're having for breakfast. <laughs> Anyway, he, he pins on a bunch of medals under the approving eye of his wife. Yeah. Which, if I was her, I would take to my bed. Yeah, there's a lot of questions about their or relationship. I would serve said breakfast to him cold for his lunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd really stick it to this guy <laughs> in my fictional housewifing life. That's right. So anyway, he gets on the bus, and then there's a young girl reading one of the papers mm-hmm. and saying, Yeah, now that I think of it. Queen is a bit prickish. And I was like, I love you. Yeah. I don't know. I love you, girl on bus. Yeah. You really earned your day rate. That's right. <laughs> and it's like, also, I mean, you know, A, yes. B, duh. Isn't that, didn't she take an oath to be prickish? Well, that is, in fact, the story of the play. What? If we can ever get through this first paragraph. 
So the old dude, you kind of see him register his displeasure with this girl's take, with yeah. her hot take, agreeing with the hot take yes. that the queen is priggish. So he strides up to a building and just like inserts himself into this crowd yeah. that we realize, you know, shortly is a bunch of reporters. Right. And he walks up, you know, these men are coming out of the building and he asks for Lord Altrincham. And Lord Altrincham is like, I am Lord Altrincham. And then the old guy punches Lord Altrincham in the face. This is not a show I expect people to come to blows very frequently. Right. There's already been more blows struck in this episode than in the entirety of Prince Philip is an asshole. Yeah. Three season arc or three episode season opener. Yeah. It felt like three seasons. It felt like I kept getting punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, you know, this was before Twitter. Like you couldn't just like quote tweet an article you disagreed with. Yeah, you, you couldn't go, just you, had, you, you couldn't just troll people with your army of eggs. Right. You just had to go find the guy and punch him. Like I kinda of think that was better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? There's there's some advantages. Do you ever worry that someone you care about is a mean YouTube troll? <laughs> I like that as a PSA. <laughs> well, I sometimes worry about it. I think I once read a scare article about it that was like, my husband was a misogynist YouTube troll. And I was like, no! <laughs> I mean, obviously. Right. Uh, no, I, I mean, unless you're in deep cover. <laughs> I mean, that would be a very clever ploy. Oh, yes. <laughs> that this plan ah uh, yes my ridiculous circuitous <laughs> plan of being a virulent youtube troll disguised as a trans woman oh. next up profit <laughs> oh i don't know what you've heard about youtube didn't you see what happened to that logan paul uh what he's still very famous and popular uh well i get i don't know yeah i suspect uh, wasn't he on top chef the food no the... his brother luke paul was i think ew yeah there's two there's two of them there's two of them and i think it was the, the other one that was on top chef has anybody suggested that perhaps they are the same person they're very similar looking i'm just saying yeah it seems like a great stunt <laughs> to be like i'm gonna go look at this suicide forest so like there's a good one and a bad one you know right like, right uh, a goofus and gallant for the 21st <laughs> century <laughs> That's an even better plan than my secret troll plan. Gallant appears on Top Chef and fulfills all contractual obligations. Goofus films an ill-advised video in a Japanese suicide forest. Don't do what Doofus does. Okay, so we see someone, presumably at the palace, who is synchronizing various clocks and I have to say that there are times in this 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 show, and I like The Crown, but there are many times where I find myself thinking about that Eddie Izzard bit about like, oh, I'm just oh, arranging yeah. matches. <laughs> <laughs> a room with a view of hell. <laughs> right. That's more Peaky Blinders. Oh, man. Peaky Blinders is so great. The Crown is also great. Yeah. We'll get to Peaky Blinders. Yes. So we see a Dean saying really a whole bunch of times. Really? Uh, yes. Really? <laughs> yeah. It is like an acting exercise. Really? Where they were just like, okay, I need seven different line readings on really. Um, I miss his mustache so much. <laughs> I wrote, I have it written he down right look here. Right. I know. I wrote down. I miss. He looks stash. like a plucked chicken. No, it's it's upsetting. So he greets the old clock guy, and they have some sort of 
British conversation about clocks, and <laughs> he goes to yeah, some- it's like time waits for no man or rolling time, and, uh, for whom the bell tolls. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Chicken to China, the Chinese <laughs> clock man. Oranges and lemons said the bells of Saint Clemens. <laughs> <laughs> He goes to see Liz and the Queen Mom and tells them that Lord Altrincham has been struck. (laughs) (laughs) And Liz is delighted. And she says something like, and who is this gallant individual? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, at this point, I'm like, oh, good. You know, somebody got hit. Liz is happy. Yeah. I'm on board. That's right. I'm very on board with Liz being happy about somebody getting hit. Yeah. No, that's great. Ever since the episode where she watched that boxing match, we just haven't seen that. Did she watch a boxing match? No. I was like, like, did I miss something? It's like I'd started watching Top Chef last night. Oh, yeah. And I started. I didn't realize I was on a plane last week Mm. when, you know. Right. And then I was like, oh, no. So I knew who was getting cut. Right. But that's okay because I hated that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was funny. I actually another podcast I listened to that about Top Chef had him on as an, like <gasps> guest to interview. Oh my gosh! Yeah, well, they're like they're tied in with the Ringer or something. They've got connections. Oh, but, look at uh, them! Yeah, uh, but it was the week before he got cut, and it was just like, oh, that must be tough giving that interview. Yeah, I mean, but whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's had more time. Yeah, to well, adjust. He also, he said in the interview that he really didn't care that much about winning. He was there just to like you know get make exposure friends. and build up his business. Make yeah. friends. No, he didn't. Say he didn't say he was there to make friends. He didn't. He didn't seem to interest. This interview was over. <laughs> okay, uh, back to uh, the crown, right? <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, <so> top the... <laughs> crown. <laughs> I mean, it's it's top chef, not top crown. <laughs> I mean, I would say, yeah, Queen of England probably is top crown. I don't know who. Definitely what... top scallop. <laughs> so the punching happened outside of a television <laughs> studio. And they're all like, oh, this is great news. But then Adine informs them that Altium will be appearing on a show called Impact. What a hard-hitting title. At 9 p.m. And he says, appropriately called <laughs> Impact. And I'm like, man, you need to lose some colonies so y'all could loosen the fuck up. Look, that's the first joke that Michael Adina's ever made. <laughs> And landed. <laughs> Clocks chime. This show never met a sound cue. It didn't make more on the nose. Yeah, eye roll. Good lord. And this is, I mean, this is after, you know, Princess, Princess, Princess in <laughs> yeah. a previous episode. So yeah. I was really not having it. <laughs> so we cut to Liz, Adine, and Queen Mum tuning in, followed by Charty and Mrs. Charty. <laughs> Tommy the Mustache. Oh my god. I need this shot of Tommy the Mustache watching TV with his dogs that look just like him. <laughs> Two giant dogs. I just, I need this to be it my is. Facebook banner so hard. <laughs> I still haven't made it happen. Yeah. I don't know why. I know how to do it. It is an amazing <laughs> image. It's just, it's fantastic. Phil jogs in late to watch the program and the host introduces Lord Altrincham, who has attacked Liz in his <laughs> own publication. No. And the host asks why Altiham hates the queen so very much. Who could hate Liz? Yeah, I know. Who could hate her? She's so nice. She's wonderful and yeah. pretty and smart. <laughs> she's not smart. Well, not, not so, she's not so not much smart, on the smart. But, but she's know. nice. Yeah, and well-intentioned. And he's like, you realize this could produce a constitutional crisis. And I'm like, 
I mean, I guess, he says it already did. Yeah, and I'm like a constant like a guy doesn't like her. What is so? well? That's the entire constitution of Britain <laughs> is predicated on people liking the queen or the king. But right. that's all the wiggle room they have. <laughs> Then we get the credits, and it's directed by Philippa Lothorpe. Yeah, a lady person. That's right. And I, I can't remember, because I feel like she's directed before, but I just wanted to say that England is just a bottomless fount of television directors with the most English names in the world. Like also, Philippa Lothorpe. Basically, with all of these shows, I never pay any attention to the director of an individual episode, mm. just because whether this is accurate or not, I just assume all of the work was done by the creator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I know that's not true, but, like, right, I mean, right. they're the ones who get all the publicity. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, it's really a British... <sighs> I guess it's not. Because, I mean, like, you think of, like, show like Shonda Rhimes mm-hmm. and Genji Cohen and, yeah. uh, you know, those guys... Yeah, um, the Game of Thrones people. Oh yeah, Web, uh, uh, bro and bro. Yeah, duty McRape face. <laughs> <laughs> so Altyham. So Altyham is lecturing his staff on uh, the problems with the Church of England and that allowing women priests is the only thing that could save it. I think this also says like you know something like 48 hours earlier or uh yeah i mean it is i didn't you'd think it would be more clear right since they showed us all those fucking clocks yeah yeah nobody's into that and then patricia shows up with toffee okay everybody is so excited about both patricia and and toffee than they are about their work and i'm like patricia who are you like an angel come to earth? Because that is how literally everybody treats her. Yeah. And then like he doesn't want toffee because he once had to go to the dentist because of toffee. But then they make him have toffee anyway. Also, is he banging Patricia? I and I get this vibe between the two I of them. I did not. I, even by the end of the episode, I did not understand the dynamic in this office. I, no, and I this was like. This scene in particular is one of the weirdest scenes. Is anybody getting. Paid. What is yeah, what what is going on, Altiham? <laughs> yeah. What kind of what kind of Mickey Mouse operation are you running here? <laughs> Fueled by toffee, <laughs> also, you know, encumbered by toffee. <laughs> toffee, their greatest love sprung from their greatest hate. So they make him eat toffee, and then yeah, it fucks up his tooth, and that's the scene. This is why you never eat toffee. <laughs> well, it's here to explain why he was at the dentist. Well, right. I don't see why he couldn't just have been at the dentist. Yeah, people and been go. like, "Hey, I broke my tooth on a piece of toffee." Yeah, I should go to the dentist. I haven't been in a while. I went recently. Oh, good for they you. They love me. <laughs> They're always complimenting my hygiene. <laughs> so, when Dean is reading a speech he has written for Liz to a room full of dudes, and it's pretty condescending it is like i so i watched this episode twice Mm -hmm. once for funsies yeah and kind of like half watching it and then i watched it again so Mm -hmm. i kind of missed what the actual content of this speech was yeah but as he would like i was like physically viscerally uncomfortable with this language but the thing about it is too like this is nothing compared to what we hear in the act when Liz is actually given the speech later. Mm-hmm. Like, I see what, you know, I see why this was troubling, but this is, like, not the worst part of it. Oh, yeah. So, a younger guy is in there, you mm-hmm. know, mustaches, you know, his, his <laughs> stubble in training. And basically, he suggests that they use the the adjective working men and women versus average men and women yeah but michael and dean 
just skates past. And they, and they know they're average. Average is yeah. fine. Yeah, he says, I think average is fine, which is just sort of like, I don't know. Is that like England's motto or like. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, because yeah. I mean, in America, you'd never say average. Yeah. Like, well, you'd yeah, only I, say average in order to compare the people you were talking to so they knew that they were superlative. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. I mean, even you could have gone with ordinary. That would have been better than there average. There is. A thesaurus filled with words <laughs> they could have used yeah. that they chose not to. The young guy that wanted working takes a speech up to Charty, and he's got a tiny little office at the top of the stairs. Poor Charty. I know. He works so hard. He just wanted <laughs> he just wanted Tommy the mustache's job in his apartment. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> his wife was so excited. Yeah. She was getting drapes. <laughs> she was cutting down trees. Yeah. Look, as somebody whose primary hobby right now is decorating her apartment, <laughs> I feel your pain, Mrs. Mrs. Charty. Charty. Yeah. Charty realizes that this is alarming. And so he goes into a dean's office and finds Tommy LaMustache's dogs. <laughs> and also Tommy LaMustache. And he comes in and he's like, pardon me if I'm about to, you know, speak above my station. And he sees Tommy the Mustache and he says, oh, go on. I believe we were about to speak above your station. Which is very withering and delightful to watch, but it's very unfair on Fadge. Yes. Uh, by Fadge, of course, I mean Charty. Yes. Charty's like, hey, this speech is terrible. And Adin's like, mm, I wrote it, so I disagree. And he says that Liz gave it her immediate approval. Well, because Charlie's like, did she read it? And he's <laughs> like, no, I told her, she asked if I was satisfied with it, and I was, and she trusts me. This is why Charlie should have your job. Yeah, dude. You mustacheless baboon. <laughs> uh, also, P.S., this speech is going to be at the Jaguar factory, which later killed King Lane Price That's right. on a different show. That's right. Also, sorry if you haven't watched Mad Men, but what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, it's it's too late. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, you're right. The statute of limitations on spoilers for us is whenever we feel like talking about them. <laughs> several years after the fact that is right charty like tries to being like uh yeah uh, all due respect your speech is terrible it's going to cause a revolution um and yeah tomlin mustache says it's preposterous that it's a long way from apathy to insurrection he says that if he actually says if i had a nickel for every time and i'm like nickel like don't you mean like sixpence or something i don't know yeah anyway i think don't they have a um a nickel something, a nickel farthing, or a... <laughs> uh, I don't know. A nickel later? Yeah. Because I know they decimalized eventually, but I didn't think they had yet. I but don't I don't know. Anyway. That would be something that we might want to discuss in our Amy Repeats History Fashion Backwards episode. <laughs> That's right. No, there's a lot. I'm looking forward to it, actually. There's a ton of stuff that... I know. I feel like we're... Anyway. I'm yes. like, I feel like we're not going to have enough time. <laughs> we'll, we'll be fine. Charty is dismissed. Poor Charty. Yeah. And we see Liz's hairstylist. And Jesus Christ. <laughs> I wish I had at-home service for my haircut. Yeah. They're also playing Zadok the Priest during this right? scene. Which... So, like, they're... This is... They got two speeds. <laughs> Completely on the nose or just, like, or, what the fuck? And, and Zadok the Priest. <laughs> <laughs> so, her style has done a very like old lady looking haircut it's yeah. very mumsy yeah and like i cannot tell if liz <laughs> likes it or if she's lying any more than i can tell if i actually like my haircut when it's done uh-huh. you know because like yeah. the person's right there you're yeah. like i think i like it <laughs> i mean you know i've been with my stylist for yeah. 
almost a decade now. So no. we have a very good report. But like when you go to somebody new, you're like, I don't know. Like no, I gotta I, I gotta live with it for a while. I've I've made a deal with my my friend at work that she's gonna accompany me to my next hairstyle appointment. So. Oh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. 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 Uh so a train. Woo! <laughs> Pardon me, boy. Is that the Chattanooga choo choo? Yeah, it's not. Is that song racist? I don't know. Because you're calling somebody a boy. I have no idea. I just assumed it was referring to an actual child, but uh, right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, we grew up north of the Mason Dixon line. All right, cousins. <laughs> Is the song Chattanooga choo choo racist to sing? <laughs> We want to hear your opinion. That's right. And if it is, I won't sing it anymore. Yeah. Or I'll come up with a non-offensive thing to say, you know. About trains. Pardon me, you. (laughs) Is that the Chattanooga (laughs) choo-choo? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know. Well, I mean, Chattanooga is pretty racist, but there's nothing to be done about that. (laughs) Is that the Chattanooga (laughs) choo-choo? Oh, yeah. Track 29, The Day You Gave Me a Shine. That's probably referring oh, to a shoe shine boy. Yeah, those lyrics e. Yeah, yeah. This isn't sounding good. No. Well, <laughs> I will stop singing. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I think I, I had a good run with it today. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that I tried to make it not racist. Turns out you can't. Yeah. So you got to just uh, let things go. See, you learn things on this podcast. I was thinking as I was going back to my homeland uh-huh. about how racist like looney tunes cartoons are <laughs> and like how like pro the south they were yeah and uh that's fucked up yeah anyway yeah so here we are i'm not saying there's anything wrong with the south <laughs> like you know what i mean everyone yeah so phil, take down those statues <laughs> so phil is really ragging liz hard on her haircut yeah and i'm like jesus dude calm down okay yes he's being extremely rude but also it is a genuinely <laughs> terrible haircut i know like but like i mean i realize that neither of us would ever have been this rude yeah like but also he does you know they didn't have porn <laughs> I mean, not the way that we do now. Right. You know, that's all he's got. Yeah. When I they're mean, fucking. Well, it's also like she's stuck with it now. What good does your like, you know, mockery do her? Uh, what good does anything Phil does do? Well, that's a fair so, point. What I didn't like mm-hmm. was that he is telling her to look at Jane Mansfield and Rita Hayworth. And then he's like, mm, Rita Hayworth. And I'm like, <laughs> this is not the time, sir. <laughs> like, don't. Oh, Rita Hayworth. Hang on, I got to go to my room for ten minutes. Yeah, like, like, uh, <laughs> like uh, you know, there is there is a context when we talked about it. Yeah, in the previous episode when Margaret and Matthew Good right. were at that party talking about who was hot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like that's appropriate, right? Yeah, this not a no. Oh, gosh, honey, I wish you looked like Rita Hayworth, only one of the most beautiful women in all of recorded history. Yeah. Granted, they didn't know that part. Yeah. Whereas but. a single woman and her semi-gay friend, like, rating people's <laughs> appearance, that's important. I like semi-gay. <laughs> There's a lack of commitment to it that I really appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so. I did I did like in that previous episode when she gets off the motorcycle, she's like, definitely not queer. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't know from queer, lady. Yeah. <laughs> we get up to a lot. <laughs> it's true. It was a Some time. people go both ways. <laughs> 
Anyway, you, I'm read, sure everything's going to work out great for Margaret. Did I tell what? you about how I read on Cracked that at one point the Navy was trying to root out homosexuals in their ranks? So they, Wasn't that the point of the Navy? So they sent some people undercover in, in Chicago, and they kept hearing that people were friends of Dorothy. And so they were trying to track down Dorothy, who they believed was like this ringleader of homosexuals. <laughs> Y'all straight people dumb. <laughs> straight people are the dumbest. Right. <laughs> Speaking of. So, you know what, though? You know who's great? Is gay dudes. Because they were like, hey, let's come up with this thing. <laughs> and, like, straight dudes who are trying to kill us will never figure it out. <laughs> right. Until the Golden Girls. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, yeah. Liz arrives at the Jaguar factory. And the staff is just, like, gone the extra mile. It's so clean. And she's... Oh, this speech is going to break my goddamn heart. Yeah. Because these people are so fucking excited that the queen is there. Yeah. You know, and they're looking at different cars. And they're like, oh, yeah, this one could go 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all this sort of thing. And then comes the speech. Which she... I mean, it's... Got, like, I just wrote down, lonely lives? Jesus. Yeah. Because it's saying things like... I know your lonely, pathetic lives seem lonely and pathetic, and you just want to kill yourself sometimes. What? I'm like, okay, listen, I know that we're all kind of dealing with PTSD from the war still, (laughs) but this is not the way to deal with it. Right. Like, uh, you know, many of us are married. (laughs) I, uh... I play football on the weekends with my friend. Uh, yeah, tell her about it, Mikey. We have a good time. Go around the pub. <laughs> you want to come? Sounds like you're depressed. I bet I've got more friends than you do. That's true. <laughs> I don't think my husband even likes me. Yeah. So and my uh, sister's pretty hot and cold. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it is in fact the worst speech ever fucking written. And so. <laughs> We're seeing, you know, Lord Altyham walking somewhere with purpose. It Mm -hmm. is later revealed to be the dentist. Yeah. And she's obviously reading the speech from a paper in a way that's very off-putting. Yeah. And I mean, mean, this can be very... But she just... It's so... It's so rote. Yeah. You know? It's like the first part of a Mentos commercial. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean. I I mean, I do. (laughs) I wouldn't have gone there, but I get it. So Lord Altyham is hearing the terrible speech, which is being broadcast on the radio, and it is causing a stir (laughs) in this dentist waiting room. Like, everybody is just shaking their heads (laughs) and, 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 you know, (laughs) red leather, yellow leather. She is not winning over the people with sore teeth constituency. No, and, you know, to that end, a young person gets up and changes the channel to hip music to the delight like they all but break into applause yeah when he does this yeah <laughs> they're all so happy yeah dweebs <laughs> dweebs in the 50s yeah i mean it's the 1950s so it's not like the music was that good yeah it certainly it was all in mono yeah so Lord Altium races back to the office i mean i hope he went through with his dentist appointment but i don't I'm, think he did yeah geez. i think he just left all he, right. He didn't go. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. I wonder if he got his tooth fixed before he got punched in the face. <laughs> well, I mean, on the other hand, two birds with one stone. <laughs> yeah. There you go. He tells Patricia that he needs some typing done. And even though she was about to go home, she agrees with gusto. Theory. Two theories. Yes. Patricia is invisible. <laughs> And only people at that... She's a shared delusion of the people who work in this office. Yeah. Second theory, she's like on The Good Place. She's like the Janet 
of The Office and she just knows stuff, you really should watch it. I know. Everybody says. I know. And you hate doing what everybody says. I just don't have that much time. Yes, you do. <laughs> Mr. Liar. I'm not even caught up on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I'm not going to start. Oh, my God. It's a half hour sitcom. You don't even have to watch it. I didn't even watch the first season. <laughs> you know how I love skipping the first season of things? No, that's true. That's always nice. I'm sorry I called you Mr. Oh, it's okay. It was like a reference to into the woods yeah i mean it went past me so okay great well anyway yeah. this is all working out awesome <laughs> yeah i'm doing great yes so um, yeah but anyway, yeah. i don't think patricia's a real person <laughs> right i think she's a figment of <laughs> several people's imagination well yeah i mean they're just seems- maybe she's just speed yeah <laughs> speed that makes toffee <laughs> he's he calls up his dealer every couple of weeks he's like hey i need a little patricia <laughs> cousins <laughs> do you know where you can get some patricia <laughs> if so we want to know your dealer <laughs> only amy does not me <laughs> yeah well yeah that's true i mean also you know i know the answer mexico yeah so anyway bizarre dynamic in this office if she is a real person mm-hmm. she better be fucking him right because like who who helps other people out of the goodness of their heart <laughs> like this well, I mean, except it's, I mean, it's more just that the like the look in her eye. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. We don't like you, Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> You're creeping us out. Yeah. So anyway, uh, dictation and typing and Ultium carrying books around and talking about Walter Badgett. And so Patricia is like, oh, you're going a little far, but I, yeah, I can't not type it. So <laughs> <laughs> if I stop typing, I cease to exist. <laughs> more train bagpipes. Uh, oh, this is very paternalistic. Indeed. They're really they're laying the paternalism on thick this episode. Mm-hmm. With good reason. <laughs> yeah. Liz is in a car enjoying said bagpipes. <laughs> like you do. Also some drums sure. and a crowd cheaters as they arrive, presumably at Sandringham, mm-hmm. which is where bagpipes come from. That's right. <laughs> It started and, off as a bagpipe factory and then was purchased <laughs> by the royal family. Yeah, and, and uh, Walter Badgett actually invented the bagpipe. <laughs> he didn't. This is all no. pretend information. Yeah. If you want real information, tune into our Amy Repeats History Fashion Backwards Extravaganza. Well, I think Walter Badgett is what the Queen learned about from that tutor, or maybe. Anyway. Yes. I th- like. Or I've what, heard... No, I think when she was little kids with Margaret and was yeah. learning from the special, I think. The provost, yeah, or something. There's something. The the chancellor of Arbins. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, Michael Adine is there waiting for her. And then we get a long uh, hunting scene. So she's out with some young guy, and they're stalking some stags. And uh, Peter Morgan has a real boner for this Liz and stag relationship because right. if you've seen the queen yeah. which we have yeah. we watched it before we even moved to california that's so there that's right i don't know who i'm trying to impress <laughs> i don't know either um peter morgan <laughs> so there's a whole thing in the queen about this right. stag i mean it's basically narnia <laughs> um just basically ripping off c.s lewis peter morgan yeah. i see you yeah and there's some I I don't you know I don't know what the cultural significance of stags is perhaps I will look into this mm-hmm. uh, if it has a particular meaning for the British people right yeah seems like the kind of thing they would enjoy <laughs> but sure. uh, anyway I liked this scene yeah. quite a bit yeah they you know crawl along the ground to get a good shot and kind of aims it for but then she looks through and then the stags moving around and she hits it good shot man thank you. Yeah, she seems conflicted about having shot the stag. She does, yeah. Liz 
Seth often has these like contradictory facial expressions. Yeah. Yeah. It's real uh it's real Ouroboros <laughs> yeah. of the face. She can be puzzling. So everyone is going gaga over a national and English review with Liz's picture on the front and I guess this is Alti Ham's publication? Apparently so, yeah. Anyway, the other papers have picked this up and they are winging out yeah. about Alti Ham's quote unquote attack. Yeah. They they cannot believe it. So Adin takes a call about it. Also, not pleased. No, nobody's yeah. happy. Yeah. He like chases after the newspaper guy, like the guy that like brings in the newspapers to the palace. On a tray. And, you know, lots of newspapers are spent this season. Yeah. Just more than usual. Yeah. This could be all part of a larger arc where the press presence is a bigger part of the series. It certainly could be. Liz and Queen Mom, I think, have gotten their papers, and he suggests that they uh, might want to avoid certain newspapers. And Phil has such a great line reading. Why? What's your sister done now? But, of course, like, they're not going to, like, you can't say you might want to avoid certain papers. Like, that's just going to make them want to read it more. Right? Yeah. Again, there's nothing else to do but read the newspaper. Yeah. Sometimes several times. That's right. None of them have actually heard of Altium or his stupid paper. (laughs) The Queen Mum, however, is straight bugging. Yeah. And Liz wants to know from the Queen Mum if any part of her agrees with Altium. <laughs> and the Queen Mum does the correct thing for a mum. Yeah. Which is to say that only dumb dummies who are dumb <laughs> agree with Altium. Yeah. And 85% of the country disagrees with him. Mm-hmm. And the press have gathered outside Altiham's office along with protesters calling him a traitor and a coward. I mean, yeah. this seems like the opposite. Even if you disagree with him, this does not strike me as an act of cowardice. Well, yeah, that's true. But yeah. yeah, people throw that term around a lot. In the UK in particular, yeah. I think. Yeah. Which I think all goes back to World War One. Yeah, that makes in sense. In my opinion. I can see that. Ultium has convened his staff, including the invisible Patricia, and <laughs> <laughs> has informed them that he has been invited to appear on Impact with Robin Day. Ooh. Yeah. Now, apparently this Robin Day is a real tough interviewer. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do we even have those anymore? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they all smoked themselves to death. <laughs> yeah. Quit so, smoking. It's not funny. <laughs> yeah. And so Altidum is uh, nervous about it, but one of his guys is like, no, no, like, this could really turn people's around. Yeah. People's well, around. and if he shows metal yeah, and, you know, keeps yeah. his, his wits about him and doesn't yeah. let Robin Day confuse him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Altiham arrives at the studio and he's whisked in. Goes through makeup, is seated on the set, mm-hmm. and he's so nervous. I am nervous <laughs> for him. Yeah. Robin Day arrives and they begin. And I am amazed by how quickly this happens. Yeah. Like, I've been on shoots that are way less important than this. <laughs> yeah. And it takes so long. Yeah. It just the whole thing takes so long. Yeah. I mean, this is like it's the same set every week. So, you know. Yeah. Well, and I mean, they, and... they don't have like lavalier mics. All they have is just mm. the, the omnidirectional mic on right, the table. Right. So it's, you know, technologically, it's a very different situation. Yeah. Very important. Robin Day is a hottie. <laughs> would bang. All right. So just know. in case anybody's keeping score on who I would bang <laughs> on this show. Right. Uh, Nasser. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew Good. The Doy. Yeah. And Robin Day. Okay. And Princess Margaret. Come on, I'm not made of stone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a semi gay. (laughs) (laughs) Robin Day says that Altiham has caused a constitutional crisis, and this scene is great. Yeah. Again, as I often do in great scenes where there's lots of talkings, I didn't do 
a super great job of recapping, but Altiham says he's a passionate monarchist and he wants to preserve the monarchy. So this is echoing his thoughts about the Church of England and mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm. having women priests is the only way for us to survive. Mm-hmm. And really, his only crime is loving Liz too much. That's right. He explains why the terrible speech was terrible. We're mm. not going to go into that because yeah. we all know why. <laughs> right. But I love what he says. Being ordinary doesn't mean having to be bland and ineffectual or forgettable. And that actually is part of a larger thing where he's saying that the queen has this impossible task mm-hmm. where she mm-hmm. has to be, you know, divine, touched by the divine yeah. and one of us and, you know, extraordinary and ordinary. Right, right. But, you know, that she's she's thinking all of the she's thinking all wrong about ordinariness. Yeah, yeah. And we see some cuts to uh, the Macmillans, who I guess, you know, are having, they're on that week. Uh, <laughs> Charty and his wife, Tommy La Mustache and Adine. And Robin Day wants to know if he thinks the fault lies with the Queen's courtiers mm-hmm. or whether it's with the Queen herself. Mm-hmm. And he handles this very deftly because he yeah. says, you know, I think she's receiving bad advice from her courtiers. However, only the boss has the power to change the people who advise her. Mm-hmm. And so only the boss can get rid of the bad servants. Right, right. And I love Altiham. I am team Alti. And I feel terrible for Liz at the same time. Yeah. Who is really Ugh. taking all this very much to heart because yeah. she can't have the same sort of emotional detachment from this mm-hmm. that everyone around her can. Yeah. She is, you know, the only person who is capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I and then like I, I just liked it too cuz the interview then it's like, well, that's all our time. As you know, we run for 5 minutes each week. Like <laughs> Peter Morgan, you don't know anything about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Only stags. <laughs> <laughs> So then we go back to seeing Altium leaving the studio and getting punched in the face. I do not appreciate all this fancy footwork yeah. myself. I this would is really prefer Romeo. Perf- no. <laughs> <laughs> I would prefer that this show just stay linear. You're not a film. Yeah. You're essentially a procedural. Yeah. So well, I mean, listen, sh- Law and Order. Of any iteration. Yeah. Except maybe criminal intent. Well, who knows? I watched that once and I was so angry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, look, they're guilty. I don't care about them. <laughs> At any rate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. Don't fuck with the formula. Yeah. Just tell well, the story. Like, and like you whole, can you can It's a very like the whole premise of this show is that it is a linear show. Yeah. You know, like so quit being fancy. Yeah. We don't like it. Yeah. Arrange your matches. <laughs> get in, get out. Right. Focus on the set decoration, not the editing. Ultium and Patricia, who may or may not exist, get to the bar, and everybody there is just very complimentary. I hope they aren't celebrating with toffee. That's what got them into this mess in the first place. <laughs> A round of toffee, barkeep. Send some toffee to those toffs. <laughs> Show them what's what's up. Yeah. So with Dean charges out to Liz, who's, you know, coming in from being action Liz, to tell her that public opinion is not quite what they'd hoped in in the wake of the punching. Right. The punching? The punching. The guy who punched Altiham is a British white supremacist. <laughs> yeah. So he's not just a white supremacist. He has leveled up yeah. and he thinks only <laughs> British white people yeah. should be running things. And, uh, and ain't it always the way? Yeah. Ain't it always the way that whoever's willing to throw a punch has completely noxious political views? Yeah. I wonder well, why that is. Yeah, he's a real milkshake duck. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and also through this whole thing, Adina's is like looking down at the ground and blah blah, blah you know, like oh, not quite what we think. And like, you know what? Tommy the mustache would have looked her in the eye. He absolutely would have, and he never would have shaved his mustache. Well, that's it's right. his last name. <laughs> Also, I love action Liz. Yeah. I love pretty dresses. Yeah. You know this about me. <laughs> However, I just love, because action Liz, like, this is like what passes for, like, yoga pants in the <laughs> 1950s. Yeah. Yeah. But she's just so damn comfortable. Yeah. But I also love when action Liz is annoyed. Yes. It just carries more weight than when she's, like, impeccably quaffed. Yeah. Yeah. Adine says that now, after Alti Ham's appearance on mm-hmm. Impact. <laughs> Almost 50% of Britain agrees with him. Ladies love cool alti. <laughs> and also the men. Right. And he says that the PM is coming up earlier than planned to discuss everything with her. Right. Now, what I would love for all of these people to understand is that a person having an opinion is not a constitutional crisis. This is what we do well in America. Yeah. There's not much, but we got that. <laughs> Well, we'll see how much longer that lasts. Anyway, she's angry and for sort all of, of you that are smuggling this podcast from hand to hand after the revolution. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> the podcaster's tale. <laughs> we have no way of knowing if these are in the correct order. Liz is sort of bashing through the halls and going into the awful room. Yeah. I don't. It's probably called something real, <laughs> but this is where they are butchering her stag right, that right. she killed. And Liz rakes Adine over the coals yeah. for the bad speech. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, please fire Adine. Throw up the chart signal. And Adine, Adine takes this actual attack yeah pretty well yeah he yeah, no, you know right. you know he has studied long at the temple of tommy the mustache <laughs> and he absorbs what she said you know that mm-hmm. her advisors have steered her wrong and you know he should not have let her make that speech yeah and she then stands there and looks at her disemboweled stag yeah. who is more real than we have more evidence that this stag <laughs> is real than patricia yeah i would like to see a meeting between the dead stag <laughs> patricia altiham and the queen <laughs> you're wondering why i've all called you here i'd like to pay bridge <laughs> i will partner the stag i um, don't know anything about bridge well, you play it with a partner. Right. Yeah. And then there's like spades or something. <laughs> there are occasionally <laughs> spades. Yeah. I know about shooting the moon, but that's something else. That's hearts. <laughs> you can get a grand slam in bridge. Listen, I'm quite good at a lot of things. <laughs> Card games, not one of them. Fair I enough. I could never play uh, Euchre. Oh, yeah. That crap everyone in Ohio goes nuts for. <laughs> they do. They love it. They do. Why do they love it so much? Yeah. Like- do you think that's why we moved? <laughs> Just euchre everywhere. Just uh, euchre, no good gay bars. <laughs> I, I like this like montage now of somebody walking along and it's like ah oh, euchre, you know, uh, oh point for me or oh left bower or uh, you know. Are those actual euchre terms? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <sighs> I got nothing. Yeah. I used to play a really fun drinking game that I think maybe was called Kemp's. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. I like playing a good drinking game called Drinking. <laughs> I used to. I understand. Oh, man. I was so good at that game. I won. I won. <laughs> you did win. I won. I had to, you know, I was yeah, like, there's no you, more levels. You had to retire at the top of your game. <laughs> I really did, too. Yeah. No lasting damage to my internal organs. Still got on my teeth. Which is why I'm 
always complimented at the dentist. <laughs> That's right. So Harry Max says that ambassadors from other countries have been calling to express that they're concerned about an eventual overthrow of the monarchy. Okay, this is so stupid. Yeah. Like, you all, like, I realize it's been a slow news day since mm-hmm. VE Day. Right. But calm down. Yeah. One well, he's like, oh, these other countries, like, you know, Tunisia and Egypt and all this. And I'm like, those countries only had a king for like 80 years. Mm-hmm. Like, that, this is a totally different scenario. You know, and he's... Yeah, what is, what is Great Britain without the monarchy? Yeah. Think about that. R- right. I mean, now that their empire is gone. Yeah. <laughs> so it made that white supremacist so mad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, Bunch of people. Yeah. They, they need to figure out what to do about Altiham. And it's, there's also something about like, oh, you know, Charles won't, you know, won't have a monarchy to inherit or whatever. And Liz is like, oh, you're right. If I don't handle this right, he'll just be rich for the rest of his life <laughs> and not have this stupid job I hate. <laughs> Yeah, and she then watches a significantly older than last scene Charles and Anne playing. Yeah. I don't mind telling you on this show. I have no clue what <laughs> year it is ever. Yeah. Yeah. Your guess is as good as mine. No, I know. Actually, well, your of, guess is probably well, better I'm than sure mine. I'm sure it is. Yeah, You've but, always been better at temporal expression. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, like, if I had been doing the history stuff every episode, then I would be up on it all the time. True. But. Well, maybe we'll do a chart. <laughs> maybe we a will. A charty? <laughs> Throw up the chart signal. <gasps> Back at the dentist, the scintillating dentist. <laughs> That's right. Altiham explains Patricia's at the dentist with him. Right. She probably brought more toffee. <laughs> she's in she's in bed with big dentist. <laughs> he says that he's got a meeting with Charty. Charty has called and said hello. Yeah. Uh I am interested in your ideas, and I would like to subscribe to your <laughs> newsletter. And he's like, well, you can. It's called the National English <laughs> Review. And he said, oh, I didn't and, actually. And we could really use the subscribers, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> They have a circulation of 14 and a half people. <laughs> and also, houndstooth alert on Patricia. Okay. FYI. Very yeah. important. That's God, these codes are killing. I've been looking. <laughs> I just I just keep looking and being foiled. Yeah. <sighs> Someday your houndstooth will come. It better. <laughs> I did get a really great houndstooth sweater. Oh, that's Yeah, nice. I got over my fear of wearing houndstooth on my boobs. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it's actually kind of a big deal. Okay. Body yeah. image wise. Yeah. Okay. Patricia tells Altiham to go with a list of recommendations. This is, again, in no way like disabuses me of the idea that she's not just a figment <laughs> of his imagination. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, write down a list of recommendations. And then he just takes off. I'm like, they're going to charge you yeah. twice? Yeah. Well, you want to go You want to go see Charlie with your tooth all jacked up? God. I mean, at the same time, I like his style. <laughs> Just completely impulsive. No regard for anyone else. Yeah. So anyway, Patricia goes after him and drives as he writes. So... Sure. Yeah. That's, that's a little... Maybe she's a very intelligent dog. <laughs> I bet Tommy Mustache's dogs drive him around. Oh, I bet they do. Oh, boy. And they also have like a little chariot and he plays Ben-Hur in the garden. <laughs> yeah. Also, when they're driving him, they wear a little chauffeur's hat. <gasps> Shut up. <laughs> oh, my God. That's going to be the best fanfic I ever wrote. <laughs> so the press are swarming him as he takes a taxi. I think this is outside of his offices mm-hmm. to Beham Palace. Yeah. They have not sent him a royal car and driver. Indeed. Because I suspect this meeting is under the radar. Yeah. So some equerry is escorting him up the stairs to Charty's tiny office at the top of the stairs. Poor Charty. And he, he tries to make a joke about, oh, I'm seeing the top man. And the equerry is like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry, sir. You're not allowed to make jokes till your third visit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, he says Chard will be there shortly, and so Ultium is looking at his like trophy case and photographs as the door opens behind him, and he's like, oh, I see we have something in common. And then... And what would that be? Oh! Boom! It is Liz. Shit! It is not Charty. It is Liz. <laughs> she yeah. has out-Charted Charty! Yeah. <laughs> 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 Throw up the Liz signal! <laughs> That's right. And Altium is surprised and delighted. <laughs> it's like he turned up in Narnia. Yeah. A lot of Narnia this episode. Yeah, apparently Surprising. so. Surprising. Well, yeah. I mean, it's British. It's actually a line. You've, you're always like one foot in Narnia anyway. <laughs> a line I'm planning on using if I do comedy again is that back in the day, I was so far back in the closet that I met Aslan. <laughs> I feel like you're going to need... Listen, we'll, we'll work on this. It's, it's just a throwaway in the context of a larger bit. I understand that yeah. people are dumb and they haven't all read all of the C.S. Lewis books. Yeah, all they need to know is that there was a wardrobe with a lion in it. Yeah, yeah but some of them don't know what that was. Anyway. We'll fix it in post. Did you like it, cousins? <laughs> yeah, but what he was trying to say was that he also went to Eaton and Sandhurst. I'm like, yeah, you're an upper class British, but you all have that in common. You all went to Eaton and Sandhurst. There's only two schools. <laughs> That's right. Yes, and Liz knows all about him and recites his resume. And, he- and this is where she says... Unusual profile. Not quite the profile of a revolutionary or right. whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. wrote it down before, but that paper is far from me now. <laughs> That's right. He is, again says that he wants to see the monarchy survive. And Liz says, oh, can you understand my voice? It isn't too strangled. Oh, my God. Yeah. Liz got jokes. Yeah, she does. It's so, so great. Yeah. I just, mm, I love when Liz gets brittle and determined. Yeah. She reminds me of me. <laughs> Okay, so this is too dense a scene to recap yeah. it, and I don't want to ruin everyone's lives yeah. by trying to, but it's so, like, if you really want to know what happens again, just yeah. rewatch the scene. You won't be sad. Yeah, it's a great it's scene. It's one of my favorite scenes that this show has ever done. Yeah, Both people sure. crush it, yeah. and it is an absolute triumph for whoever the guy is playing Alti Ham, mm-hmm. who I did look up and now I can't remember. Like, he hasn't really done anything yeah, in particular, yeah. but I mean... To me, going just head-to-head with Claire Foy mm-hmm. in a scene like this, you know, yeah. we've seen Matt Smith wilt under it, mm-hmm. and he is just, he's there, you know? And I mean, yeah. it must be easier, you know, he's only got to right. do this one time. Sure, but still, it's great. He also has the ability to arch an eyebrow to an astonishing degree. Oh, it's phenomenal. <laughs> and so... She basically says, so, you think things need to change. And he says that the age of deference is over. And, you know, uh, basically she's like, he says something. I forget who says what, but basically is like, anybody can say anything they want now without consequence. Oh, and then she says, and why do you think that is? (laughs) And he says, the age of deference is over. Right. And... She basically says it's not fair because she can't fire back. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ooh, monarchs firing on their own subjects has never ended well. Yeah. She puts him in his place mm-hmm. a couple of times. And he, he's like, listen, I'm not here. I'm not trying to be better than you. Yeah. I love you. I'm like number one in the Liz fan club. <laughs> I just want to like help you yeah. in the post Suez world, mm-hmm. you know, to figure out what Britain looks like and that we can continue to be perceived as this world power, mm-hmm. even as a lot of the things we've relied on for that in the past have changed. Mm-hmm. So he's brought a list which is limited to six items, which I think was a very smart number. Yes. Yeah. There are three things to start and three things to stop. This is, I mean, this is like, if you're a person who's in charge of like strategy and people management, mm-hmm. 
I think this is great. Yeah, yeah. I think this is all really a fantastic tactic. So if you have an employee that you're struggling to connect with, Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, three things to start, three things to stop. I think it's very helpful. I'm actually in a situation. Well, Uh, there you go. All right. (laughs) Listen, this podcast is for you too, Amy. (laughs) Thank you. So the suggestion is that they stop the debutante's ball, which I didn't realize that was still going on. Yeah. And, you know, he's just saying that it is rude, mm-hmm. basically, to be like, young women of a certain station get to come see the queen. That's whack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he says to allow divorced people to move more freely in royal circles. Mm-hmm. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm the head of the church. The church isn't down with divorced people. And he's like, it's cruel and possibly unlawful. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, dear. <laughs> and says that she should stop using... An entire generation of courtiers, yeah, basically. And she fires back on this one and says that they provide a very important function, the preservation of tradition, which mm-hmm. is the point of the monarchy. Yeah. And he's like, you know, these are just suggestions. Yeah. Do what you want. Mm-hmm. You should probably fire on my No. So these three things to start. He wants Liz to open up and let people get to know her. And I love her here because she says, I don't wish to be known. Yeah. And that yeah. super reminded me of you. <laughs> yes. Oh, I was, yeah, uh-huh. I was feeling it. Yes. And he then suggests that she televised the Christmas speech mm-hmm. so that, you know, people can see her and having her in their home, yeah. you know, just makes this difference. And she seems less remote and says that she should spend time with normal people. <laughs> and you know so he goes through this and and what do you mean i greet that guy that adjusts the clocks every day (laughs) he's actually a baronet (laughs) so liz her majesty's keeper of the clock (laughs) liz stands and asks alti ham to just step out in the corridor and ask her personal secretary to come in so he bows and goes out and charty comes up and goes in and there's just a great close-up on Liz just waiting and sort of processing this information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Charty opens the door and asks Altiham back in, Lizzie's gone! <laughs> She's magic! No, I know. <laughs> She's a witch! <laughs> well, as long as we conceal from my true identity as a witch, <laughs> then I think we've succeeded. Yeah. And, you know, Charty wants to go over a more in-depth conversation with him about what he thinks. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, this is where the real stuff is going to happen. But I was just so excited that it was Liz. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, and I just think it speaks to her, you know, what we know now to be her longevity of rule mm-hmm. and having overall pretty good approval ratings. Yeah. Yeah. Is, you know, as hard as it is to receive criticism, even when it's constructive, mm-hmm. to be able to really look and listen to the criticism mm-hmm. and take action yeah. to make changes, particularly in an institution that's as staid and conservative as the monarchy. Yeah. It's just incredible. It's yeah. absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. So Altium explains the whole episode to Patricia and or his reflection in the mirror <laughs> and says that the palace will deny meeting that the meeting ever happened. Just like I'll deny I'm a real person. <laughs> Poof. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but they will concede to one or two of his recommendations. This is like getting RT'd by a brand you like. <laughs> yeah. As I was when I was playing Panda Pop and said it should be called Irresponsible Panda Mom. <laughs> I'm so funny. I'm so funny that a brand engaged with me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and she wants to know which ones. But he doesn't like. Right. I don't know if he tells her, but like we cut, you know, to other stuff like yeah. the BBC rolling into Beeham. 
I realize that in both this and the family meeting, like, be him is Birmingham. Right. And be him here is Buckingham. <laughs> yep. Anyway, uh, try to keep up. <laughs> so they're rolling in to televise the Christmas speech, and Liz is getting makeup put on, and she's grumping about it to Phil and saying that she feels like a common showgirl. Yeah. Which, you know, I get it. Yeah. You know, yeah. she feels like a dancing monkey. Yeah. And Phil tries to make her feel better, but she doesn't care, which is appropriate because he's a jerk <laughs> yeah you know oh why don't you bring up rita hayworth again phil <laughs> liz goes down carrying her purse as usual you know now this has come up on go- tw- on I, it was possibly my most successful tweet <laughs> of q4 of 2016 yeah. <laughs> about like how i love how all the women are constantly just carrying their purses around beham palace like yeah. the staff is gonna steal them <laughs> but what i really think is that they just you know their bedrooms and you know powder rooms are so far away yeah. that it's just like more practical to bring a tube of lipstick and face powder along with you wherever you go. I actually have a different theory, which is that like like anybody who's ever done like community theater knows one of the difficult things is figuring out what to do with your hands. <laughs> and I just like it just it gives her like a a posture to have all the time. Yeah. Like, okay. Got this arm here. Okay. It's an emotional support handbag. <laughs> <laughs> but she's very out of her element with yeah. you know i mean and they've got the the lights this is a much uh bigger production than yeah. impact yeah. <laughs> but she presses on because she is liz and we all love her as much as alti ham does in his yeah. heart of hearts the queen mum looks a bit sad and defeated as she sort of stands with phil and Liz is looking at an old-timey teleprompter, which is literally, you know, it's like one of those uh, gross towels in the bathroom where uh-huh. you pull it down and it's quote-unquote dry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, they're just winding this paper right, right. on a roller. Mm-hmm. But she's also reading from a paper that's near her. Yeah. So I don't know if it's so she could make eye contact and then go, I don't know. Yeah. It seems to be working fine, but she also reads from the Pilgrim's Progress. Right. Oh, and we know that it's 1957. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. she wishes them a happy 1958. Yeah. And she nails it. Yeah. She also, the, 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 the bit from the Pilgrim's Progress had something about, you know, giving something to all that can get it. I'm like, oh, yeah, they can get it. <laughs> I don't know. It just made me laugh. Get your holiday mind out of the gutter. <laughs> Everybody applauds, and Liz was obviously very nervous and is still quite uncomfortable, yeah, but, you know, she's but, gotten through it. Yeah, it was so great. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm ready for well, Claire Foy. Like, I'll accept a monarchy if Claire Foy is queen. Well, and I just love because she says, I know that to many of you, I seem a remote figure. Yeah. So that is why I'm coming to you today on your television sets. My family and I often gather around the television set. And just like, yeah, it's yeah. just like, oh, this is what the 1950s thought real people were like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, Nigel, you're not a queen's got TV. <laughs> Blimey. <laughs> She's just like us, isn't it? <laughs> Six months later, <gasps> a group of people. Are no big- clock. <laughs> That's right. Bong. <laughs> we don't see some old retainer, like, turning the pages of a calendar. <laughs> A group of people are being admitted to Beham Palace, and they're excited. Margaret is smoking. Phil asks who's been doing her hair, and also I really like the dress she's wearing. I don't remember what it was. I just wrote down that <gasps> I really Margaret is such it. style goals. I want to yeah, kill myself. Yeah, no, I know. And Phil asks who's been doing her hair. And so it's Vidal Sassoon, but in one of the worst executed old-timey people <laughs> didn't know stuffs I've ever seen. She calls him Vidal Baboon. And I'm like... Ugh. She did not call him baboon. I agree. I don't think this happened. Yeah. Where's my Where's my think piece on fact and fiction in the crown? <laughs> like maybe Viv, maybe Vidal bassoon. Yeah. But <laughs> baboon. Come on. Yeah. 
Come also, on. Anyway, <clears throat> it happened. That's like 10 years till Rosemary's Baby, by the way. I is that just how you date everything? No, just Vidal Sassoon. That's when, when Rosemary I should be. <laughs> when Rosemary goes to get her hair cut, she goes to the Vidal Sassoon who had just broken out in the US okay. with, you know, his very close right, cropped right. haircut. Okay. Don't you transplain me about Rosemary's baby. I've only seen it once. Oh God. It's at your house. Your homework is to go watch it seven times before I come get it. Oh man, I really had other plans. Mm-hmm. Well, watch that. Watch The Good Place. Get your shit together, Amy. I'm trying. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Phil then calls Tony queer. <laughs> yeah. And Margaret's like... You they know. profess semi-gay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Margaret reveals that... Yeah. Makes it clear that he's uh, not all... Like, yeah. he's not all queer. Wink. And then they're dismissive of these commoners. But a few of them are Indians. Yes. Which I think is one of the few people of color we've seen on this show. Yeah, indeed. So that's... Well, apart from my boyfriend, Nasser. <laughs> right. <sighs> that yeah. mustache. And the one jazz musician. That's basically it. So Liz and the Queen Mom are trying to ID the guests who are all terribly common. Yeah. And then... For example, a woman policeman. <laughs> Yeah, they like to be called women policemen, so you know that they're equal. Right. And the queen mom goes off on this whole fucking thing. Oh, my fucking God. Okay, and you saw this on her face when Liz was doing her Christmas address. Yeah, yeah. And she's saying, this stings and bites. We suffer as it slips away. And she's, like, complaining about their divine right slipping yeah. away. And, like, they used to rule, and now they reign. Yeah. And it's right. like, okay. you don't do anything All except right. get drunk. Yeah. Listen, first of all, fuck your divine right. That was settled when Charles I's head got cut off. Uh-huh. And even if you accept, if you're like, oh, no, it was a restoration. Well, then if there's divine right of kings, then the fucking Stuarts should have stayed in charge. And your ass never would have been queen in the first place. Boom. You talk about Magna Carta. Don't give me that shit. Your ancestors were fighting off Huns in Saxony when Magna Carta was signed. Jesus. I just love it so much when you get mad about this. Yeah. It is so fun. <laughs> So the point is, don't fucks with Amy on British history, <laughs> yeah. specifically as regards the monarchy. <laughs> so it just reminds me of white people. Yeah. I mean, in general, this is white people all over. Yeah, the crown reminds you of white people. I know, it's yeah. shocking. <laughs> she really bums Liz out before they go in, yeah, which I like- think is really unfair on fat. Yeah, agreed. And she's like, gloves on? And I'm like, is that like an etiquette thing or are you worried about germs? Right. Do you know about germs yet? <laughs> Where is this in like I mean, the pe- call the midwife timeline? People do. Does Liz. <laughs> <laughs> A what? <laughs> they go and they shake hands with everybody yeah. and you know, Liz is great as usual. Sure. And then the dogs come in and Liz says something like, oh, the dogs are here. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get a little text at the end of the episode, which is kind of a movie thing, but I kind of don't mind yeah, too much. I don't mind it. Like, they, they've done this several times. So it turns out almost all of Altiham's suggestions were implemented, and he later renounced his title and became, literal ellipses, <laughs> John Grigg. Did you know who this was? No. Do people know who that is? No. I, I, I looked him up yeah. on Wikipedia. I did some research. Oh, yeah, look I'm, at you. I'm bouncing back. That's right. I took a walk today. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Is and, and he doesn't seem that cool?" Yeah, I mean, like I appreciate that he renounced his title. Right. I'm very into that. Well, they said that they later admitted that he was like did more for the monarchy than almost anyone or something yeah. like that. But probably yeah. like after he died, they said that. 
So he couldn't even enjoy it. <laughs> or maybe he did. Yeah, from know. the alti ham in the sky. <laughs> All right. Well, that... He finally met Patricia in person. <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe brings us to the end of this recap. Right. Uh, yeah, this is 100% hands down my favorite episode so far. Yeah, agreed. And agreed. Uh, everyone was surprised yeah. because it wasn't the one with Matthew Good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but as we discussed, that was so emotionally wrenching for me to yeah, watch. Yeah. And I mean, that one was really good, but I don't know what it was about this one, but it was... Here's my theory. Yeah. Speaking of Mad Men. So remember how we hated all of Don Draper's dumb personal life oh, stuff? yeah. And we loved all the stuff at the office? Yeah. It's the difference between the personal drama and the workplace drama. No, that's true. And this was very much a workplace drama. Yeah. And yeah. that, I think, is this show's strength. Yeah. When they try to explain human relationships, they're, t- <laughs> they're, they're too British. They're, yeah. Like, also, they can't do it any more than I, Liz could. I need to take a picture of your notes because I... <laughs> In in all caps, just huge, huge caps. Fuck your divine rights. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you're adorable. <laughs> Thank you. Until next time, up, up yours, yours downstairs. downstairs. Fuck your divine rights. <laughs>